Welcome to another podcast. God bless you so much for listening to these podcasts. I believe that there is a power that is released in our lives when we listen to the Word of God. You know, Ecclesiastes says that the teacher, that would be me in this instance, that the teacher collected sayings, wise sayings, and he put them together, uh, and then he distributed them and taught them to others so that they might know how to remember and be able to to better articulate and better handle the Word of God. That's, that's one of my gifts. And one of my desires in life. I feel like God has called me to take the Word of God and to create some memorable mantra, as it were, some memorable confession, to put it together in such a way that that it can be said easily, that the truth of God's Word can be remembered, encapsulated uh, bit by bit, uh, more than just memory verse, but principles that, that a collage of verses, that a collected group of verses would teach us principles. Uh, you know, the Bible is one picture. It's one story. The Bible is is just, it's like a painting. And every verse in the Bible, there's, uh, there's a reason why we must find where each verse fits into that painting and why each verse is critical to the overall picture that God is painting. Uh, We can't take a verse or a set of verses, a set of scriptures. We cannot take them and let them paint their own little image out here. There's only one story God is telling. There's only one picture God is painting. And we have to find out when we read any verse, every verse, we have to find out why that one verse is critical to the painting. Why it adds something to the painting that that is that is important to God because God is not just uh, you know writing scriptures indiscriminately. He wasn't just saying words uh, without meaning, without without volumes of meaning. Every verse is critical to the story God is telling. And unless and until we find out how it fits in that one story and, 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 and helps to complete that one painting, then, then we haven't found the, the best, the correct, the, the, uh, the God interpretation and intent of that scripture. And it's a search. It's, it's, you know, it, it's necessary that we take the word of God and study it. The Bible says study to show yourself approved as workmen that need not to be ashamed so that we can rightly divide the word of truth so that we can make sure that we have the correct perspective, that we know what God intended because the word of God is only the word of God when it is the word of God. The word of God is not the word of God when it's the word of man. The word of God is not the word of God just because it means that to you. It must mean what it meant to God in order for it to be God's Word. We cannot misquote Him and still remain uh, in the power of His Word. His Word has power. His Word releases power. His Word will accomplish what God intended for it to do. We only have to find out its intent, what God meant when God said it, and where it fits in its critical, dynamic place. In the picture that God is painting, it's so important to remember that. And then when we get a group of scriptures, a collected group of scriptures, we can often draw principles that support that one picture that God is painting. And when we can get a principle on a collected group of scriptures, those principles can speak volumes to us and can release so many 
individual words from God within us and so much power within us. That's one of the things that I've spent my life doing is looking through the verses, looking through the scriptures to find the correct interpretation. What did God mean when he said this and when he said this and when he said this? How does this scripture fit with that scripture? How does this, why is this critical to that? And then drawing conclusionary principles of God's own intent so that we might encapsulate a multitude of, of principles, uh, a, 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 gate, a, a great collected truth that every time we repeat it, every time we think about it, it just speaks volumes to us. Well, that's one of the things we're going to hear today is, is uh, something that God has given me. I, you know, I, I, I haven't heard this from anyone else. This is something that God gave me after I searched his word and went through his word for decades and, and came up with a principle that I believe that I uh, um, uh, could repeat to others that supports the truth of God's word, that's in agreement with his intent, and that speaks volumes, more than just a, a verse, but volumes of verses supported by so much of what God was doing all throughout history, all throughout the Bible. And so today's principle, what is today's principle? Well, today's principle says this, both heaven and earth choose aggressive, decisive, and determined individuals to lead the defining battles of life. Let me say that one more time. Both heaven and earth choose aggressive, decisive, and determined individuals to lead the defining battles of life. You know, God and this world are looking for leaders, leaders who are aggressive. Now, by aggressive, I don't mean to, that they're mean. I just mean that they have an ability to stand up and speak up. They are not ashamed and they're not shy about what they believe and the direction they're going. And they're going whether you're going or not. I'm going to take that heel whether you follow me or not. You know, that's the kind of person that you can follow. Someone, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's pretty aggressive. You know, Joshua wasn't just speaking for himself. He was speaking for his household. I mean, uh, uh, aggression is not something that has to be cast in a negative context. You know, we should be aggressive. The Bible says that even Jesus, you know, would be consumed with zeal, the prophet said. He would be consumed with zeal for the house of God. You know, uh, and the prophet was right. We saw Jesus go into the temple, not just once, but twice, you know, and, and cleanse the temple. Once he sat down and platted a whip, and then he went and he beat the people and overturned the money changers. Now, he was not in sin, and he was not, but he was uh, definitely providing some aggressive intent on what he believed, that the house of God was the house of prayer, not a den of thieves, and I'm not going to let it stay this way. I'm I'm fixing it. That is exactly uh, the kind of aggression I think that heaven respects and that that earth respects. There's a man, if you were to read a story about Moses and the children of Israel, whenever they got around the Midianites and, and the Midianites enticed them uh, by, by setting up little uh, little tents beside them and offering them meat that they weren't supposed to eat and, and putting prostitutes and harlots out close to their camp, it ended up that the children of Israel went out and began to consort with them 
ended up that they would bring some of the women back to the camp. And Moses, it was just grieving Moses because here the, the, the children of Israel were intermarrying and having interrelations uh, with, with, with uh, the, those people that God had told him not to. And Moses had spoke about it and spoke about it and spoke about it. And it got to the place in the story, if you can read it, it's just a marvelous, marvelous account. They got to the place where where uh, the, the the people were living in sin and they were flaunting it in the face of their spiritual leader Moses. In fact, one day there was one of the one of the Jewish uh, uh, leaders, one of the princes, was you know had him a Midianite woman, and he was walking back through the camp, and he just walked. He he dared to just walk right in front of Moses with his whore. <laughs> with his Midianite uh, prostitute that he had claimed for his own. And he just, uh, you know, basically kind of thumbing your nose at, 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 uh, at, you know, what Moses has said God wanted. And he just walked by expecting nothing at all. And there was a young man named Phineas. And the Bible says that this young man, this young <laughs> disciple of Moses, this young man named Phineas, got so enraged at the blatant and open disrespect that this man had for his leadership, that this man had for the one whom God had placed as the shepherd of Israel during that season. Phineas got so enraged, the Bible says, in seeing this man thumb his nose at the spiritual leadership that he took a spear and he ran at this man and he ran it right through him and impaled him and killed that man. Now, you would think that, you know, this is murder. Well, that's not the way God saw it. Now, I'm not encouraging you to run and take your vengeance out. I'm just giving you a picture of the whole Word of God and how that is critical to the way God intends for us to preserve and protect our own lives and the lives of others and bring respect and not allow that respect for the leadership of God to dwindle on our watch. And then God spoke when everyone said, oh, my goodness, Look what Phineas did. God spoke out of heaven. And he said, Phineas is my man. That's my man. That's my boy. Phineas did exactly what should have been done all along. He ended up just like Jesus cleansing the temple. Now, by the way, I'm not suggesting don't be running spears through people, okay? There's a spiritual application. We're in a New Testament date, uh, in a New Testament uh, uh, expression here. We're not in an Old Testament uh, expression. We're in a New Testament revelation here of, of, of our heart toward these things, a spiritual application of these truths in our own life life, that God said, Phineas will be remembered forever. God put him on a pedestal and said, look at him, okay? He's a man that refused to put up with the degradation of the leadership of the house of God. And uh, uh, it's a wonderful story, but uh, that's what I'm talking about. Aggression, decision. Here's, here's, here's the statement again, both heaven and earth. You know, earth chooses aggression, in its leadership, chooses decisive people. I mean, uh, they don't have to be good for the earth to choose them. You know, the world chose, uh, you know, uh, choose, the world chose Hitler, you know, the world uh, 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 chose, um, you know, um, so many in life, uh, Genghis Khan, they don't have to be good, but the world will choose someone who is decisive and who is determined to lead the defining battles of life.
You know, um, Abraham Lincoln, he chose Grant to lead a defining battle of life. You know, the defining battle at Vicksburg was a defining battle. And uh, Grant, uh, you know, uh, he, he chose Sherman, uh, not, not in, a, in a good sense and all that it did, uh, you know, but, but the fact of the matter is aggressive, decisive, and determined individuals, they get things done. They lead the defining battles of life. Now, take away all the bad of that, okay, and realize that the whole world is looking for a leader, a person who knows where they are going, a person who has demonstrated that they have what it takes to succeed, whether we call them bold or courageous or visionary or charismatic or forceful, people tend to follow strong leaders. In fact, both heaven and earth choose strong leaders. We tend to put our trust as well in those whom we think will get the job done. You know, whether we're voting for a president or whether we're looking, you know, uh, uh, for, a, uh, for someone to work for or someone to follow in life, someone to marry, we tend to want to be connected to people who we believe are going to get the job done, people who will not waver in the face of danger or discouragement, but people who are aggressive, decisive, and determined. You know, what is it in your life that you are determined to do? I hope it's not something bad. I hope it's something good. I hope it's something godly. But what is it that you're determined to do? Why is it that your family or that your children or that your friends, why is it that you might have influence it, it, it's because you are decisive and determined that you're going to lead, whether anyone follows or not, that you going here, a person that knows where they're going and knows how to get there. What does it take? It takes some determination. Well, take away all the bad that you can imagine from everything that I've said and all of that bad aggression and all of the things that we don't want uh, in our lives and put some things in your life. I encourage you, be a person who is passionate, who has capacity to be consumed with zeal for something. Something. What is it that is worth your life? What is it? You know, we look on the on the bad and on the negative side and realize that, you know, th- there are people in the world today that are praying five times every day. The Muslims are. They are quite determined. They are quite aggressive. They are quite decisive about what they're pursuing. And they're not pursuing something that we can pursue. But yet the world, their world, they're looking for more of them everywhere. Why? Because the world respects aggressive, decisive, and determined individuals. And so does heaven. And it's sad whenever the world, it's sad whenever people in the financial world, it's sad whenever people who are in the cruel terrorist world are more committed to their values and their principles and their good and what they want, more committed to terrorism and the ugliness of life and killing innocent people. It is horrible when terrorists are more committed than Christians. Let me encourage you in your family situation, in your business situation, in your church life, get it under your belt that something should consume you for the purposes of God. Be decisive, be determined because your life will speak to others. Be a leader. 
Joshua 1, 9 says, Have not I commanded you? Be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord is with you wherever you go. I love that. In Joshua 1, 16 through 18, you know, the, the elders answered Joshua and they told him, Listen, you be strong and you be courageous. You know, both God and the followers, both of them wanted Joshua to be strong and courageous so that he could do what God had called him to do. Take courage. Be strong. Be courageous. Be decisive. Be determined. Lead the defining battles of life in Jesus' name. Well, Father, help us, Lord, not to be weak and faint in the day of adversity, Lord. Help us, God, not to take any of the bad, Lord, of all of these truths, Lord, but only, Lord, the godliness of them, Lord, and the expression of them, God. Lord, we see it painted so many times in the Word of God. Lord, help us to understand the balance of this in our lives, Lord. Give, Lord, us a vision of where you want us to be and grant us the courage to face those obstacles which attempt to defeat us, Lord. Help us to be determined, God, to accomplish your will in our life, not our own, Lord, and help us, God, that we might lead others with our our boldness, with our courage, with our decisions, with our determination, Lord. Help us, God, that we might lead others to succeed in doing your will. We ask these things, sir, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Okay? And don't forget, you know, determination, decisions are a part of success in life. I love you. I'll see you next time here on our next podcast.